All right, so we're leaning into episode four in this little mini series on politics. Um, in the last episode, we talked about uh, sort of what does it look like for the church to be a prophetic witness? Uh, because rarely, if ever, uh, likely never, does a an earthly government perfectly match mm -hmm. the kingdom of God. So the church has a role to sort of challenge that. Uh, but in this time, we want to talk a little bit more about, so what do you do like with your conduct? How do you behave if, you know, in our world, you're, you feel like the earthly government that you're under is just radically out of line mm, yeah. with the kingdom of God? Totally, yeah. And I just want to recognize right at the outset that like a democratic republic mm -hmm. that we live in is so, so different. Yeah than an empire in the first century when yeah, you're yeah. a persecuted minority. For sure. Um, <laughs> Very different. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to start with the teachings of the New Testament, mm -hmm. which is written by a marginalized, persecuted minority yeah. in an empire. With no voting rights, no ability oh, to right. voice their opinions. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like what you just said. We have to recognize that. You have to recognize that. So we start there, and then we'll try and figure out what wisdom mm -hmm. can you take from that context and see like how does that land in ours exactly um yeah. and maybe it's not gonna be like a three-step plan that's totally. like super yeah, yeah. easy to implement but trying to lean into totally into that for sure yeah and i think it's yeah this is really good because it's important to, to recognize that you and we'll get to the specifics of these passages but you have and one in one category if you will passages that speak of like honor the emperor pray for the emperor honor those in authority submit to those in authority on one end and then you have all these mostly stories of like Paul in the book of Acts going into these Roman towns, preaching the gospel and being charged with things like treason and, and sedition and promoting views that are contrary to the government of the day and getting thrown in prison yeah. and then eventually Killed. dying at the hand of the emperor. Yeah. Um, so like, how do we like, Much like many Christians by many Christians in that day? Yeah. So like, not that there's a tension there, but how do we kind of kind of bring those together and understand those those texts in light of the reality of what we actually see Paul doing yeah. as he's the one who's not only writing these texts but then living out this particular yeah. way in particular in the book of yeah. Acts and killed by and the killed by government. exactly yeah. yes so again I think it's important so when Paul like let me just go to this real quick so Philippians 1 27 says Paul writes conduct from yourselves prison. from prison from a Roman prison yeah. Paul writes to the church in Philippi another Roman territory province town <laughs> Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, right? So he's he's calling them to behave and act in a particular way. And that word for conduct yourselves is the word politimeia or politimeia, and it's the from the root of polis. So it's like be a political kind of person. Yeah, conduct let's yourselves. Back. Let's go back. Sorry, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because in episode one, if you weren't listening, yeah. politics, right? The original root is polis, mm -hmm. and this is sort of how you structure a community of community. people, yep. a city. So when he's saying conduct yourselves, the root of that is polis. Polis, yeah. So behave in such a way. Yes, behave in such a way. Be that kind of political people that we mentioned in that first yeah. episode that's in line with the good news of the gospel. The kingdom of the God. The kingdom of God, exactly. Later he'll say for our citizenship, again, kind of, a, kind of from the same word family that's okay. related to polis, uh, Paula Tama uh, tema in this sentence, okay. our citizenship is in heaven. So our political allegiance, allegiance, our political participation is with the kingdom of God. Exactly. Which would have been, again, just to very briefly here, for Philippi, it's a, it's a Roman colony, which would have had for you as a citizen of Philippi, would have had all the benefits and privileges of Rome yeah. in a particular place of Philippi. 
But Paul is saying, no, Philippians, your citizenship is not to Rome, where you think it is, ultimately, but your citizenship is in heaven. Now, in light of that, okay, so what does it mean to actually live? What does it mean to actually conduct yourselves? And so I think this is important to, to kind of flesh out because it's not something that just one writer of the New Testament speaks about. Many do. Paul and Peter in particular will have these phrases over and over again of things like pray for those in authority. So Paul will tell Timothy that pray for those in authority. And when he's saying that towards the end of his life, as he's writing to Timothy, he has in mind Emperor Nero at the, more, more than likely or the emperor at, at the very least. Peter would write in, in his letter, honor everyone and honor the emperor, honor the king, which again, that kind of bl- kind of should blow your mind a little bit. Because again, like you mentioned at the beginning, persecuted minority that do not have rights and privileges that are more or less seen as a nuisance at best and a political threat at worst yeah. in the first century. I mean, they will be fed to animals. Exactly. And these leaders in the early church, Peter and Paul in particular, are telling the churches who are suffering at the hands, more than likely, from the political powers of the day to, quote, pray for those in authority and to honor those in authority. Now, you got to step back for a second and go, okay, so what, would that, what does that mean in that context? Yeah. And then like what you mentioned, alluded to before, what does that mean for our context? So like in their context, you know, in the first episode, we talked about five different elements of the early church. One of them, I think point three was mm. like nonviolence, non-violence or enemy love. Yeah. Like, is this sort of an outworking of that? Yeah. Like, how, how is this hitting the ground? Totally. And I think part of this is recognizing. So I think a helpful direction to go a little bit here, and it's a very complex passage, I think that I really smart people disagree on the nuances and especially the applicability of it is in Romans 13 talking about the role that God has ordained for the government. And I think what Paul is probably getting at is recognizing that God has instituted in this fallen world, human governments to restrain evil for, for, for this particular moment in redemptive history. Mm -hmm. And I think in large part, when Paul is referring then to honor the government or honor those in authority, it's a recognition that, God can and, and does sometimes uses broken means to accomplish his purposes. And maybe just give like a quick Old Testament example is like God will use the nation of Babylon to come and bring judgment on the nation of Israel. Babylon is clearly broken and fallen. And because God was willing to use Babylon does not endorse Babylon's behavior. Is that, if that, if that makes yeah, sense. It does make sense. Um, and so what I'm getting at here is just because in Paul's mind, Romans 13, he has a category for human governments to be used in a way to restrain evil, which would be in line with God's purposes, yeah. does not simultaneously, therefore, mean that everything human governments do is A-OK or endorsed or endorsed by God. So I think it's, there's a nuance there that I think we need to yeah. kind of hold as we think about that. Okay. And then taking just give me one step back, when we think, okay, that broader kind of call or that directive to honor those in authority or to submit to human governments needs to have like that sort of filter with it. Mm-hmm. A recognition that these institutions can and do serve the purpose of restraining evil in their best, in their best forms. But at the same time, that does not mean a wholesale endorsement of everything and anything that yeah. that institution or that party or that whatever yeah. might might do in that moment. Yeah. I think also, um, you know, in Romans, you also have, and we've mentioned this before, right? Like Jewish people are kicked out of Rome mm-hmm. for a season. They come back yeah. There's all this tension yeah. in the Roman church. Totally, yeah. 
And there's likely people that are really mad. Exactly. At the government. At the government, yeah. And that this might be a word actually to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's zealots, there's people that are really anti-government. This could be a pastoral yes. word to them in that moment. In that moment. As they're like, you know, wanting to do something more radical. Yes. Because uh, because in that section in Romans 13, Paul is, is saying to the church there, you don't, church, fight back evil with evil. Yeah. You fight back evil with good. Totally. God will allow in his way to let, let the human government use the sword as his, as his language yeah. to curtail evil. Yeah. And so I think you're right. There is this like contextualness to that section there in Romans 13 yeah. about Paul applying those directives to a particular moment. Yeah. That doesn't mean that there's not stuff for us to glean no, totally. into, you know, work out for us today. But I do think it's important to recognize that, that what we're looking at here are these occasional letters written to particular situations yeah. that are addressing particular moments in, yeah. in particular the life of the Roman church as yeah. we're referring to Romans. Well, I think even just uh, in that moment, right, you're a powerless people group mm-hmm. that wants to see change. Yeah. Well, how do you resort? How what do res- you do? Exactly. And Paul says, oh, you bless instead of curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what? It's Yeah. It's, it's Again, it kind of gets back to some of what we talked about before, but it's this upside down nature of the yeah. politics of God or the kingdom of God yeah. that how this kingdom movement, how this yeah. political movement as we're defining it as the kingdom of God is going to spread is not through violence and coercion and power over, but by blessing and serving even those who might be doing violence to yeah. you. And I think yeah. that's crucial, especially I think Romans 13 is a great example. I think just to like register for people as they're listening to this first Peter in particular seems to be another, just that whole letter in particular yeah. about what does it mean to suffer well? And in context suffering there more than likely has to do with political persecution from Rome and in that letter, again, like I mentioned a moment ago, Paul or Peter, excuse me, in First Peter 2, tells the church that he's writing to, the churches that he's writing to, to honor the emperor. And it, it just, again, it always kind of stops me in my tracks thinking about that as I read that. He is telling them to honor the very institution that is more than likely bringing like, life-threatening damage to their lives. Yeah. Again, this does not mean that I think He's saying be a doormat for them. This does not mean that you just do everything that the emperor is saying because I think we also have to hold intention when you look at Peter and Paul in particular in the book of Acts. They're going through these Greco-Roman towns, getting charged with all these different things that are like sedition, being a traitor, promoting false gods, so on and so forth. So how do you make sense of that, right? So they say on one level, honor, Mm -hmm. pray for. I think pray we can get. Honor, what does that look like? While at the same time, they are clearly doing things Mm -hmm that the Roman authorities do not feel honored by. Exactly, yeah. Right? They're getting put in prison. Mm-hmm. They will be executed. So on one level, honor. On another level, you see them clearly crossing, crossing yeah. whatever that line is, yeah. so I th- according to the Romans. According to the Romans. And I think whatever we, whatever the New Testament means by honor, like governing authorities and those kind of you know catch-all terms and phrases in the New Testament, I think it's maybe it's helpful to start with what it do- clearly does not mean. It does not mean just do everything the Roman authorities say. Okay. It does not mean just do, don't do do the things that you know God is calling you to do, but then don't do them because the emperor doesn't want you, excuse me, to do them. Okay, so l- let me just re-say that. So like we are, and we've been saying this for a few episodes now, like we are called mm-hmm. to participate in Jesus' kingdom. Yeah. With that has certain obligations or calls or practices mm-hmm. that we're meant to embody. Yeah. That on some level, if Jesus says yes and Caesar says no, we do what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like there's a point at which Jesus is our ultimate authority. Yes. Not the earthly powers that are put in place. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And I think what it, that is the, the crux of this. Like okay. when it comes to like the fork in the road moment, yeah. we as Christians always choose the fork that goes to Jesus. Yeah. Like that full stop. Yeah. I think for a lot of, especially this gets to, I think a little bit of our context. Okay. We, so we're going from first century, first century dictatorship, yes. empire, kingdom with a persecuted minority. Yes. Now going to our context. Our context, yes. And I think one of the things that's helpful to, to recognize here is that we don't necessarily, for the most part, in our modern context, live under the threat of physical violent persecution. By the government. By the government. Like, this is Nazi Germany yeah. executing Jewish people. This is not... That that ha, that does happen, unfortunately, throughout the world. Yeah. For most people listening to this podcast, that is not their reality yeah. today. Yeah. And I think there what could be racism, there could be sexism, racism, there could be discrimination, there could be really bad stuff, but not necessarily but physical it's not, violence. It's not the same extent as the early church. The early church, yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think then when we think about, okay, so what does it look like then to honor those in authority? It seems to me like what Paul is getting at there is kind of building off some other passages that he would write. Is that what he would write to the Thessalonians? Do what you can to live a, a, a with with a with a quiet and godly ambition. Meaning like live your life in such a way where you're not necessarily causing all this ruckus in society about all these different things that maybe you don't fully like agree with, but ultimately really aren't all that significant to like what it means to follow Jesus is probably means like what Paul says elsewhere in his letters, as much as it is possible for you live at peace peace with everyone. And I think what Paul is trying to get at there when he's talking about honor the emperor or, or pray for those in authority, so on and so forth is that both in the first century, and I think also in particular for us today, is that we would live our lives in a way that doesn't cause unnecessary like attention, ruckus, division, a, a labeling, or like putting like a bad stamp, if you will, on the name of Jesus without any like r- real true reason behind it. There's already enough of like when you are invited to or called by God to like preach the gospel in a context that does not allow that. Yes, we submit to Jesus in that moment. That's already going to be hard enough. Do not, Paul seems to be saying, add more to like the problem plate, so to speak, by living as citizens that aren't respectful and loving and caring and courteous and that are doing their part to extend grace and friendship and camaraderie to those that are in sort of your sphere of influence. And so a way of looking at honor the emperor is also looking at it. Okay. So how can I live my life in such a way that does not cause like undue burden or undue stress upon the name and the the mission of Jesus in the context that I'm living in? Or maybe even addition to that, like doesn't like being a president or a governor or a mayor is not an easy job. Yeah. So like as Christians, there's probably another element there of like, Hey, don't make their job harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like you don't need to make it harder, mm-hmm. but there are times when you have to say we cannot abide. Yeah, totally. Um, and one of the trickinesses, and I think this is maybe just a helpful teaching moment, like for readers of the scriptures, old and new, mm-hmm. like these texts are written in a pr- present moment. I think Tim Mackey talks about how they're, you know, wisdom literature. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need to take this yeah. and then discern yeah. as individuals and in community, so how does this work in among us? Among our, our context, for um, sure. And I think this is where I think in our political moment, just really being a prayerful people mm-hmm. of like, am I really honoring God in his kingdom yeah. in this? 
or if I just kind of doing my own thing, yeah. irrespective of how this affects the name of Jesus. Sure, totally. Is that because, kind of yeah, because I think it's it becomes this idea to maybe use another language or word from Paul. Paul would talk about us being as being ambassadors for Christ. Mm. And that conveys both in the first century and into our modern context. Like we get like, like political participation. Yeah, political participation. Exactly. We are a representative, a political representative yeah. of the kingdom of God. And so how we, back to Philippians 127, conduct ourselves really reflects the type and the the nature of our ambassadorship, yeah. if you will. To Jesus. To the Jesus, king. the true king in a world that has earthly political rulers. And so I I do think a lot of what Paul is getting at in particular, as you kind of put the pieces together, is our lives as citizens of heaven, as we conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel, are to be ambassadors that represent the King of Kings in a way that does not cause undue burden, stress on the political systems of of our world. In fact, we should be the kinds of people that earthly you know, political groups and powers or whatever may want reach out to us, the church to see how can you, how can the church help, you know, the world in like feeding the homeless people or working to bring more justice to this particular injustice or whatever the case might be that we would have kind of the reputation that, that we are actually the kinds of people that are being sought out to bring good in the yeah. world from those that maybe don't know Jesus to yeah. begin with. That's good. Yeah, so maybe there's an invitation even for us in this day to think like, well, as I enter this political season, mm. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, yeah. I'm whatever, online, I'm interfacing with people at work, family. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for me to be an ambassador of Jesus' yeah, kingdom? Totally. That like it's not about me. Yeah. And my political perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's about me honoring the king. Honoring the king, for sure. Um, and carrying that sort of Probably appropriate burden mm-hmm. for like, oh, my words and actions really matter. They matter. Totally. So, for sure. It's good. Thanks, man.